Shambolic against Sparta Prague. Marvellous at Motherwell. It's been quite a week for Celtic and one of contrasting fortunes as Neil Lennon went from the depths of despair on the continent to the highs of domestic success in just a few short days. The win at Fur Park has lifted the mood around the club going into the third international break of the season and there's now time for everyone to breathe and take stock of the current position at Parkhead. So, on this week's Record Celtic podcast, Michael Gannon joins us to discuss the major talking points and assess where Neil Lennon and his team find themselves going into the next stage of the campaign. Michael, how are you today? Not too bad. How's yourself? Okay, thank you very much. It was... um, Certainly contrasting emotions for the Celtic supporters following the games with Sparta, Prague and Motherwell. What did you make of, firstly, the the, the European game, Michael, to to get that one out of the way? What did you make of all of that? Oh, blimey, it was a shocker, wasn't it? It was um, was a pretty horrendous horrendous night. It was a weird one because Celtic started quite well, I thought, in the game. And looked pretty much in control. Looked a better side than Sparta. And then they had kind of um, a mad five minutes, didn't they? And it seemed to be that the, the whole confidence in the team completely drained. They never really got it back. They only chased it in the second half uh, and it picked off. But even at the end, it was very similar to games against them. Um, it was very similar to the Ferns Virus getting picked off at the end. Clues last year, Copenhagen as well. But it was a game that we've seen so many times in Europe of late. Um, the Celtic maybe behind and chasing, chasing the game and then getting picked off. So it was pretty, it was pretty grim. Uh, I thought, um, I don't think there's any way you can defend it. Listen, Neil Lennon didn't defend, did he? he? Come out and, and slaughtered them. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. And 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 there was some, there, there was some harsh talking, Michael. It, it seems that you know the the manager said he's peace in public, um, behind closed doors. That I think he said that the the squad watched the game again. They a few people chipped in, had their had their say. Did it feel like almost like a line in the sand moment because he asked for a response at Motherwell from the players and he certainly seemed to get one. So do you think that that was maybe a, a sort of turning point in the season, possibly? Possibly. We've thought that before. Recently, haven't we thought that, I, mean, I think, the um, second half against Milan, the, the first half of the, the Cup semi-final. Um, we thought that was a turning point and then the Spartak game, game came. So... It, it, you have to wait and see. I still, as I said last week after the, the Aberdeen game, that I thought that they weren't out of the woods just yet. I, thought, I still think the team's got fitness issues, um, structural issues in terms of formation and, and, and style. I, I still, and I still think those problems remain. I think Celtic played quite well against Morrow. I don't think it was a brilliant performance. I think they got the, I mean, a couple of goals to the first half, a wee bit of a kind of spell when Morrow got back into it. Was the most was the most important part, Michael? for the Celtic supporters to see rather than actually style of football was the commitment element and the the sort of things that they would take for granted. But, you know, something that was questioned following Sparta Prague, it was questioned by the manager himself, uh, yeah. but they, they, they looked like a togetherness on I Sunday think, at Fur Park. Would that be fair? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think, listen, but I don't actually think, I mean, I don't think the commitment is, is really a problem. Um, that big a problem, I think the commitment is there. I think the worrying thing after the European game is, was Callum McGregor's interview in television about how they were disjointed and all that stuff. That was a big concern because that's, that's stuff we can, we can sort out uh, either on the pitch or on the training ground. That was a bit, uh, that was a concerning point. I don't think you get a few guys like Scott Brown and Callum McGregor and all these guys are, are not in commitment. I know there's been fingers pointed at Hodgson Edward and Olivia and Chalam and all that stuff. But, and I think maybe a wee bit unfairly. I don't think it's a commitment issue. 
I think there's other problems. It's something I think maybe they've been rocked in terms of confidence because the defending's been so poor. Um, yeah, that spread that, that, that those kind of jitters spread through a whole team, don't they? If, you're, if your back line's losing good half goals, that can affect the whole team. I mean, if you're a striker and you think I need to score two or three goals here because we're going to chuck into that, yeah. creates, that, that creates tension. I think that was a statement that was made following the Aberdeen match at Petodre. I think yeah. a few, you know, I think Neil Lennon had said himself, if you score three goals away from home, you expect to be winning a game. Yeah. Um, so that, that that would tie in with what, with what you said. What did you make of some of the some of the sort of additional aspects of the the, the Sparta Prague game? Um, obviously, Mohamed El Yunusi was was given a bit of stick for the for the for the mobile phone incident, but he responded at, at Fur Park in the perfect in the perfect manner. Um, Lee Griffiths didn't seem too enamoured with record sport <laughs> podcast hero Chris Sutton um, <laughs> for some of his comments on the television. What, what did you make of some of the some of the additional aspects to it all? That's what Sutton yesterday is hiding. Sutton's in hiding. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was messy, wasn't it? It was that was a really messy kind of aftermath. Um, I got a wee bit of sympathy for Ellen Lucy. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look good when you're sitting with your phone out in the bench, right? I don't think I don't think you should have your phone on you at that point in time, um, but I think you got to cut some of these guys a, a bit of slack. What is he about twenty three years old? I mean, twenty six. Twenty six. I mean, for us, yep. for, for us, Swanee, that's still. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's two decades ago, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like it. I mean, I don't know. It looked to me as though his his jacket, his sort of club puffer jacket, was brought out the. The, the, you know the changing room for him to put on, and maybe his phone was just in the pocket. But um, no, I listen, it was. The, I think it was the response. It was the most important thing. He he came out immediately to his own media in Norway when asked, and, and said it was a silly thing to do. But yeah, we'd spoken to the manager, and it was you know with nothing in it. And you know it's okay to for anyone to say, don't question my professionalism, don't question my commitment. You only prove that with your feet. In your forehead, as he did at Motherwell, and if anybody had any doubts, I'm sure he put it to bed on on Sunday in Larch. Sure, he was outstanding. He did that. Uh, yeah, he's, um, if he didn't hide, did he? I mean, he hasn't hid from the fact that he made a mistake. He shouldn't have had his phone out. He shouldn't have had his phone on him on the bench. That should be that. I find right away. Um, but like you say, he came out on Sunday and did the business. I think I think Lee Lennon's touched on it as well. He's got to do it week in week out. I think he has got. I keep, I've banged the one of them in this podcast for, for weeks and months. I think he has got the tools to be Celtic's best player. But he's not doing it on a consistent basis. He's got to do it week in, week out. Um, but listen, you could argue that if he does a week in, week out at that level, it may not be at the Celtic. I mean, he may have played in the Premier League with yeah. Yeah. That's maybe, maybe we're seeing why Celtic have got him. Um, again, that might come back to systems and formations and all of that stuff, Michael. I know you've touched on it several times, but again, you go back to four at the back, he gets to play his natural position out wide in the left, and it seems to be that's where he can sparkle, that's where he's at his best. I think so. I think so. Um, even though Sutty disagreed with me, <laughs> I, I think he's, he's better suited in that kind of formation. I think I don't think three five two helps him at all. I don't think he can play like a like striker. I think that's his preferred position. I think he's better going out wide and attacking the attacking the posts from out wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, he's still got to do the business week in week out. He's, he's been the one who's been too inconsistent, uh, and I know there's reasons for that. I mean, the positional shift doesn't help him, but he has got to. Play that high level week in week out. Because they need to get a run. I mean, they're, they're stuck in a. I mean, also, I think they obviously. They've got a tough run effect for to come as well. And they need to get a bit of momentum and get a pile of wins together. Because now they're, they're playing catch up big time in the league now. Um, there's absolutely no margin of error they've got left now. 
Um, so it's, it's going to be a tricky wee spell. So not, not the, by, by no means out the woods yet, that's for sure. What do you make of the attacking situation, Michael? Obviously, Albion Ajeti got the nod at Motherwell. Um, and there were some interesting facts and figures flying about regarding him and, and, and Odson Edward. And obviously, Griffiths has been in the conversation, Patrick Clamala. Um, some of Celtic's better attacking performances this season all seem to have coincided with Ajeti being in the team. Um, Odson Edward has not been at his best this season. Now, he can be defended for what's happened since he contracted coronavirus because let's face it none of us know what that's like and how that can have an effect on someone but does he need to get back quick to his best and, or is there, a, is there a situation where as yet he might you know I know I know Sutty disagrees wholeheartedly and, and it has to be Edward come what may he feels um, but in, unless he picks up his form is as yet a better bet I, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. Not on not on the evidence we've seen so far. I know. I know, I know you're, you're 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 saying the argument that Zeti's performances and and I mean part of better other performances. But you look at even even a half even half a match against Aberdeen at Hamden, the difference a kind of Edward on his game makes in terms of his hold up play, his movement, he's bringing in a tank players into his feet and all. That. I just think he is a better quality. I think he is. He is the best player in Scotland. Is it, also, is it also what he does to the psyche of opposition, Michael? Because Derek McInnes said after that semi-final, the Aberdeen defence was spooked by Celtic's attack. And I think I think he was meaning the fact that Odson Edward was part of that, the fact he was back and he was in there. Is, Aye, think, does, he, does he have an effect on opponents as well? I think he does bring a bit of that. But only because they've played against him before and know what he can do. They know that if they, they turn their back for a split second, he's away somewhere. Um they know that he can take the ball on the feet with three guys around about him and beat the three of them and lay it into someone else. So that that's what spooks them because they know what he's capable of doing. Um, yeah. But he's got to do it. He's, I think this season. Like, well, I was going to say this is this, this is not an, this is not a debate that's based around a peak Odson Edward. There no, is no debate if there's a peak Odson Edward. The point being, Celtic haven't had a peak Odson Edward since the opening day of the season. Not even um, there. Funny, in pre-season over in, over in France who watched him when he was pretty lacklustre and, and to be honest with you I've seen him in pre-season before he's not a pre-season player he doesn't, he's not a kind of guy that gets excited by pre-season games he kind of wanders around he's just not that kind of player he's a bit like, a bit like Mr Dembele he's got that as well um, he's Has he been hit by the no crowds Michael? I, I know this is something that a lot of people we, we've all sort of become accustomed to it now but it would have an effect Austin Edward was always classed as a big game player the bigger the game he turned up is, is is there any factor in that, and the fact that just they just feel training sessions, or is that just something he should be dealing with? Maybe it should be something. I mean, every player in the world just now is going through it. So if you can't deal with it, you're going to have a, going to have a bad year. Um, if everyone's going through it just now, um, well, I think that's a bit of a cop out. I mean, it might be right. Maybe he does need that kind of here in the back of his neck standing up, but because he should know what's at stake this season. I mean, I mean. When you, a, big, a big European night or a cup semi-final or a league match when you're really toiling and, and up against it in terms of the points but uh, you're falling behind you shouldn't need that kind of shouldn't need a crowd to go and get up Defensively Michael what would he make of the situation obviously Shane Duffy was taken out of the team at Motherwell um, Nairbeaton played next to 
Christopher and he did reasonably well. Matt Beaton probably struggled in the air against Declan Gallagher at, at times, but I'll, I'll be a lot better defenders than near Beaton will struggle against Declan Gallagher in the air. But generally, they seem to do okay. What do you think going forward after this international break in terms of the defensive setup, Michael? I know it was something that you were asked last week as regarding trying to select a kind of best pairing, but would 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 you expect Duffy to return? Immediately, or what do you think the situation is? Do you think he may be out for a wee while? No, I mean, you think, I mean, Christopher Julian coming back to fitness, we were born to Celtic. I think they missed him. I think it's, um, I think his absence makes a heart real fonder type job with him as well. He's become a better player in his absence. I think that often happens, doesn't it? <laughs> I think I've seen the same with James Forrest as well, by the way. That's another one that's someone that's maybe taken for granted. But, um, but Julian coming back gives Julian um, a bit of a dilemma because. It's not really working. The back three thing wasn't working. Um, for whatever reason, Shane Duffy hasn't. I mean, he, he got to give the guy a chance. He's not played much football before he came to Celtic. He only played, I think, I think um, hadn't played in 2020 until he joined Celtic and played by Ireland a couple of games and he signed up. So he hasn't got much football, but he has now played 12, 13, 14 games. And if anything, the last three or four games, he's, he's, he's been very, very poor. So he can't, he can't really be blaming much for this either at this point. Um, I think he's, he's been given an opportunity it hasn't really done enough to suggest that he should be the man in there I think you look back to and the, the bottom line at the moment is Michael I, I guess in the situation Celtic and it comes down to form doesn't it I mean you know Neil Lennon spoke about a little bit of rotation at Furpa but at the end of the day price tags reputations nothing really matters at the moment does it other than out and out form and I guess mm-hmm. from what you're saying and, and I don't think you're alone on form alone Duffy probably doesn't deserve to be in there at the moment. I don't think you can, can make a case from just now. I think if, if it wasn't the fact that he came in a big name loan signing, if it had been if he'd been a kind of player in the club for two or three years, you would be saying he can't. He's got to be left at the team just now because he's not performing. Um, and there's another argument: you, you play him through it until he gets a bit of confidence. Because you won't get it unless you're playing. But Celtic can't afford to be carrying players to get better. They can't afford to be letting guys go through bad spells on the pitch because there is no margin of error now. When they're nine points behind, all right, the game's in hand. But they'll have another game to catch up with the cup final in December. And you get to make you get to an old firm game at New Year with potentially 12 or 15 points behind going into the New Year. That's a, and even the game's in hand, that is a huge lead potentially to be facing at that time. So Celtic cannot afford to be slipping up at all. It has to be the best players on the pitch at all times. Um, and look, look at, look, looking at the situation of the respective Europa League groups, Michael, it would appear that Celtic will do their fixture catching up in the the European knockout weeks because it looks as though Rangers will probably qualify through their section. Yeah, Seven that. points for our first three games, and and Celtic will look unlikely to qualify at this stage with one point from their first three. So that's when it's going to be, which. Celtic have to try and keep it as tight as possible, don't they, before they get to those games? They can't afford to be getting into those games double figures behind. That's the thing. If it, I mean, if, it, if both sides win all their, all their games, they'll still be nine, potentially 12 behind, getting to an old firm game. Uh, and that's if they both get results all the way through. It's a big after a lot of games before then. But um, after New Year, before they catch up the games in hand. And then the pressure would really on. I mean, the 12 points behind in February is, is a serious, serious gap, potentially. Listen, that's a, we're, getting ahead, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves for that one. Is the league table a little bit false at the moment, Michael? The reason I ask that is, 
points on the board are obviously the key issue. But in, in the matches outside of the Derby game between Celtic and Rangers, both Celtic and Rangers have dropped four points to other teams. Yeah. Technically the three point get the three point difference which Rangers have was winning the game at Celtic Park against Celtic when Celtic are missing a lot of players. So does it have a little bit of a false look at the moment or a wee bit but you've got to remember Rangers have got a massive goal difference as well now I think it's about 14 yes. 15 goals which is worth a point yes um, and you think listen the, the whole difference this season is look at the goals against Colin for Rangers this season three goals have lost this season three um, Celtic have lost far too many goals that's where the problems have been um, so I don't I think it's false and I mean the, the games in hand does skew it slightly but I think you've got, they've got to be aware if they haven't I don't think they've underestimated the challenge they're facing I think Rangers at the moment are in the, showing the kind of form that, that, that Celtic showed two or three years ago Yeah, that, that's where they are just now so if we don't see that as a warning nothing will be seen as a warning because that is a, a real threat so they need to buck up their game because they're in a right fight now Quick question, you were just talking about goals lost um, it's obviously a collective but just on that, um, the goalkeeping situation, uh, Scott Baines had the last few games, Vassar's Barkas has had to watch on, what would be your thinking if you were Neil Lennon going to the first match back against Hibs at Easter Road a week on Saturday I believe, um, would Barkas come back in, has Scott Baines done enough to keep his place, what do you think? I don't think Scott Baines done anything to, to merit getting bumped out of the team um, but again it comes down to who is the best player for the position I know goalkeepers is a slightly different thing because you want a continuity of back four or back five and all that stuff but Celtic chased backhands for a long time and spent an awful lot of money on them um, it'd be interesting to see what kind of um, Stevie Woods is telling Neil Lennon in the background about him as well they want to learn now um, if they feel that he's, he's doing the work and training and looks apart then yeah chuck him back in Um but I don't think I don't think Scott Bain's done much wrong, really. Um, in the meantime, um, I don't think that is a that is the big problem. I don't think that's his big problem. I think sorting out who, who plays where and what and when it's a half a problem, don't you? I don't think you think so. Any? It's I think the goalkeeper situation they'll get away with either off, really. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah. The last international break was obviously a a really sore one for Celtic with, with what happened with the situation out of their control um, I think Neil Lennon said there'll be he said after Motherwell there'll be four players left at, four first team players left at Lennox down during the break it's quite entertaining when he when he said I don't know how I'm going to keep them humoured <laughs> keep them enthusiastic but uh, there's, not much, there's not much he can do in this situation as well, other than keep looking at the telephone every 10 minutes and uh, if Celtic used up their bad luck in that one in that front you'd be hoping that the international teams are, will be more stringent and as stringent as they possibly can be to make sure everything's okay or is it just a game of chance Michael because they've got to come through airports out with their own country's bubbles to get back it's just a lottery isn't it we spoke about this before Probably that, that the fact that they're letting players travel across Europe during all this pandemic stuff is a bit of a concern and it's it's just it's inevitable there's going to be problems and it's just so hard that Celtic were hit particularly badly last time yeah. uh, I know you spoke to Nair on last week and he basically made the point that you know he was one of the ones who suffered and he said it shouldn't be happening he said that you're, you're, you're more lucky um, it's not a case of getting unlucky to get it so you're lucky if you don't get it on these trips it's so dodgy um, it's a bit of an eye opener 
Um, so I think it's a case of just hiding the blanket and hope for the best. Um, the thing is, you can't you, you can't complain about players going international. You can't sign international players and then moan about them away. It's like I must admit, I was laughing at me, Mark Warburton moaning about uh, Lyndon Dykes, saying, "Oh, don't, oh, don't play, um, don't play Dykes in three games to him, Steve Clark." You think what? You don't want to sign a player who's international, then moan about them getting capped. That's, I mean, if they're good enough players to be international players, that's why you sign them. <laughs> so you can't have yeah, a goal. Two hundred and sixty-seven games in an English Championship season with Mark Warburton could rest Lyndon Dykes if he wanted to. Make up with the EFL, exactly. It's not <laughs> the same players who are interna- are good enough to play for their countries. You can't moan when they get called up for their countries. You can't have both. You sing dumplings don't get capped then. <laughs> so what's what's the sort of overview, Michael, on, on everything that's going on at the moment in, in terms of where Celtic are? But by the time they come back to this to this game against Habs, is it, is it now time for them to really push on? Is it, it has been spoken about on several occasions this season, turning points and marker points, and this is where it's changed and and it's kind of stuck in the same thing. Is do you feel like now is the time between? So mid-November straight through to, 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 to through the Christmas period to really kick on and really start clubbing together a real run of results. I think I think for Celtic the next six weeks I think or eight weeks or so I think it's maybe a case of just having to dig in and grind out out um, until they can find some sort of pattern and, and some sort of momentum because they, they have got a difficult run. They're still these Europa League. To be honest with you, I would actually abandon the Europa League now for Celtic. Genuinely, just abandon it. You need to get guys, guys get fit. Forget about the results. Um, that, that's is, that, is that is that games for Stephen Welsh, Ismaila Soro, Patrick Clamalla, David Turnbull? You know, get them in, get them, get them games. Is that, is, is that now the perfect time for that and make those games work? Yeah, for def- Celtic, definitely. It's just a case of getting getting the fitness up for certain players that are maybe lacking. A Yeti, get him three games under his belt in, in Europe to get him. If he's not fully fit yet, Griffiths, Lee Griffiths, get him games, get him ninety minutes. At some point, yeah. that. these are games now. I mean, I would. I mean, I'm, I think Europe is hugely important, but I think it's pretty much gone now. So yeah. usually, don't don't get too wrapped up in these games in terms of um, where they are level opponents now, because now the important thing is hanging on and making sure the gap isn't any wider. Um, get into that kind of festive period, day four games in the, in the festive period, which are going to be absolutely crucial. Um, but I'm, I'm saying that they've got a, still a difficult run. Easter Road's the next game back, so it's, they keep coming thick and fast. The tough games, um, so it's a case of patching it up and getting results just now, and trying to find some semblance of confidence and momentum that will propel them into the new year. Because it's, this is going to be an absolute slugfest right up to the uh, April May. Um, so it's a long way to go, but this is in, this is a crucial spell, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely vital. Well, Michael, thank you for your take on all events at Celtic Park. Much appreciated. No problem. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck. <laughs>